In this episode, Brandy shares about her unique journey into Agile and how she applies the practices and frameworks into helping businesses thrive. Take a listen. Well, you talked about, um, you know, some of the framework that you bring into your work is with Agile. And also too, I met you at an Agile event mm-hmm. and I would, and I remember you had a unique background and, and entry into the, in the Agile space. And I would love to hear your journey. And, and again, you know, if you can expand upon like, what are some examples that you use Agile in your work? That would be awesome to hear. Yeah. So I tend to do a lot of work and have in the past with companies and organizations that are in the technology space or digital product space, trying to solve these complex problems where change is happening a lot around the work of designing digital products or software or complex technology. That isn't my background at all. My background, I already told you, was first in outdoor education and leading wilderness trips. And then my training, my master's degree is in um, learning sciences. And my background long ago was as a public education teacher. I taught high school special ed. And while I was teaching, I read an article about agile software development. And I recognized instantly that like they were talking about words that I didn't understand and work that I didn't really get at the time, but they were also talking about solving complex problems with people where things Mm. are changing all the time. And I recognized that that was my world too, as an educator, right? Where the outcomes really matter. The stakes are high. Things are changing fast. There's an abundance of important work to do, and we have to figure out how to do it better together. And so I recognize those overlaps pretty quickly. And I dove into that world of agile practices and frameworks like Scrum, Kanban, ways that we organize our teams and our work. Started applying that in my school and in my classroom. And then when I stopped teaching, I started doing that work with, with organizations, not in the software space so much, more in the like business space of saying like, okay, how do we, um, you know, design this strategic plan in a way that is really adaptive and agile so that, you know, we have a plan, but it's going to change a lot. And I would ask questions like, well, how do you know what you're doing is actually working? Questions that I would ask as a teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Like, where's the data on this? And is the data giving me real information that can be used? Or is it just fake data that doesn't really help me make a better decision about what to do today? Because when I was a teacher, especially teaching special ed, one of the things that I learned to be so true is that every single one of my students was different and Mm. what learning looked like for them and what their outcomes were, were different. So the standardized tests, the like off the shelf curriculum or plans, none of that worked for my students. And so I had to get really good at understanding how individuals learn and how to understand if the work I was doing was having an impact. Like what's the data telling me? How am I making adaptions? as I go. And so I've translated that. That's still core to the work that I do now, which is to say, what are we after? What's the real goal? And how do we understand if our actions are having the impact that we want them to have? And the other thing that continues to be a core part of my work is this deeply held belief that learning and how we learn together and how fast we can learn together is one of the most important competitive advantages that companies have because things are always changing. And so I'm a real student of and curious learner of how do we learn? How do we learn and adapt and our 
behavior and our actions. And I bring that into my work all the time. Now you may be wondering like, okay, so how do I get from there to like working with so many technology companies? Mm-hmm. And that was through some phenomenal mentors early on in my journey who really helped me do the translating that I needed to do to um, understand and to speak and to really add value in a technology space. And, and I think that's one of my core skills. You don't want me to like write code, but I'm actually really, really good at helping technology leaders and business leaders understand why they should both care about architecture mm-hmm. and how architecture impacts agility, right? Um, and so I, I bridged that gap a lot of times in that space, talking kind of in both worlds. And I had some just, like I said, amazing mentors who really helped me learn and understand and kind of get what I call like my second grad degree through experiential learning. That is awesome. So something that I, I know is going to be at the top of the mind of some of the listeners is, okay, she was an educator like me. Mm-hmm. How did she make that jump? That seems so seamlessly. Like, did you take a job with the company and then branch out? Or you just said, I'm not teaching anymore. I'm starting my own company. And like, wow, like who are these Mm -hmm. mentors? Can they be mine too? Like, (laughs) what what did that look like for you? Yeah, I have talked to lots of educators who are curious how to take their core skills as a teacher, which are vast um, and really deep and translate that into other spaces and environments. I think for me, where it started was I started applying these principles outside of technology, right? Just in instructional design work, I was doing strategic planning work. So I I did take a leap and I started my own company and I started working in my zone of knowledge and experience. That's Mm -hmm. where I started, right? But I was applying these agile principles to the work that we were doing. And that was this like value add. It was like, oh, we've got this huge instructional design project. Um, Let's do that in an agile way. Let's apply these principles of agility to how we're doing this. And and that would lead to another project. And oftentimes it grew by just being invited to um, stick around longer and help with this and and help with that. And and so my career early on grew somewhat organically. But then when I made the leap into the technology space, it was really through working with a, a tech company. So a a company that really valued my educational experience, understood that I had this strong expertise in organizational design and and product development outside of digital products. And and that's where some of my mentors were that really helped me learn and understand what I needed to, to be useful and add value in the technology space. So I think the key though, that I tell other people who ask me a lot is to really get good at translating. Like Mm -hmm. to be able to understand what your core skill sets are and speak about them in language in the way that other people can understand who aren't as experienced in education. Like don't make other people fill in the gaps around what your Mm -hmm. expertise is. Tell that story for them, help them understand it and then back it up with, you know, examples. And, you know, the other thing I tell people too is um, get some experience, right? Even Mm -hmm. if you're volunteering somewhere, even if um, it's a, a role and a, a space that maybe not super comfortable, like get some experience with, um, if you're interested in agile work, like get some experience with Scrum, volunteer somewhere to use Scrum. Um, because once you have some experience, then you get to build on that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the hardest part is getting that first, kind of that first job. Right. Project management in, um, you know, on an agile team. So you have to go out and really work to get it and you might have to make it. 
yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Carve out some way that you can actually do the work, get real experience and, and learn from it and then build on that. I love that. That, that was really, really helpful. I, I was, I was going to ask, but you already answered it. Like, you know, if they're in their organization, should they do it for free? And sometimes you have to right, kind of have to make that judgment mm -hmm. call of, do you see the bigger picture at the end of it? Is, is the return on investment where yes, it's extra time on your part. No, you're not mm -hmm. getting compensated, but you're getting the experience that mm -hmm. exactly to your point, you can better translate and further and translate and enhance um, what you're bringing to the table. Absolutely. I would say if you're trying to make that leap from kind of sectors or career, maybe it's from education, maybe it's from something else into another sector and field. If you, if you have the wiggle room to integrate something into your current job, even if it's not part of your job description or it's free, or you have the opportunity to do a project with someone else, recognize the value that comes from that. Mm -hmm. um, and definitely do it, take advantage of it, do a really good job, get good results, and then put it on your resume and talk about it. You don't have to tell people that it was free. Right. You don't have to lie and say you were paid lots of money to do it either, but you can just talk <laughs> about the work that you did and the results that you got. And that's going to speak loudly for itself. And maybe you do that once, maybe you do that two or three times and you build, um, you build your own resume and you um, do the work and learn what it actually takes and, and get good outcomes. And then you, then you build on that. That's pretty awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people wonder, right? How do we make those leaps yeah. into new fields? And it's hard sometimes when they ask us, right? Because you have to think about it because it just seemed like it happened naturally, right? But then right. when you really take a step back, it was doing all the things that you're talking about, like putting yourself out there, um, asking people, because the worst they can say is no, um, mm -hmm. asking people to be your mentor. I would say, you know, kind of be, give, be specific. Yep. about what you want them to help you with in mentoring. So, you know, just saying, will you be my mentor? Some people may not be as excited, but mm -hmm. will you be, you know, will you consider being my mentor for three months to help me position myself for that first job? Yeah. Now I have context and I might be more willing because mentor, like that sounds like forever, right? And now mm -hmm. I'm for that. But when it's like, okay, now I, I have context to give you the framework that was mm -hmm. helpful for me, that may very well be helpful for you. So that's such a great insight to get more specific about that. I love that. Yeah. Cause I have people ask me all the time and I was like, I don't, I, I don't have the bandwidth, but if you mm -hmm. told me what you wanted, maybe I could consider it. And maybe we can talk about it from a, a time frame um, yep. of what that would look like. Mm -hmm. What an amazing story Brandy shared on how she transitioned from teaching in the public school system to starting her own business applying Agile. Her winning recipe, good mentors. Get good at translating your core skill sets and speak about your skills in a way that people can understand and get experience. There's more to this conversation with Brandy in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening.